So as we look at these scriptures today, it's, <coughs> it's a really powerful readings for us all to think about and reflect on. And, and especially as we think about uh, Ken and his life and your, your grandpa, right? And dad um, and friends, family, right? So all those, you know, wherever they're at listening, right? That this is a message that God wants to give to us. Because remember, the whole point of Jesus is coming into the world was to bring us hope. Hope. And, and this is, you know, some of the things I was reading about Ken and his life. And, you know, one of the biggest things was how he was so uh, congenial in his personality. And how he was, you know, a, quite a master of the English language. And um, r- quite a way with words and his personality and being able to kind of bring people, you know, kind of making them feel welcomed. Um, and he went out of his way to visit, you know, some of his own friends and, and, and people that he knew that, uh, you know, when they were sick and stuff. And, and then the story you were saying about him in the hospital, how, you know, when he himself was in the hospital, how the, the nurses, you know, missed him. So that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> That if you're sick and you, people miss you when you leave, that means you weren't cranky, right? It probably means you, you were a personality that actually drew people into um, experiencing something that, that was attractive. And this is an important point, I think, for us because that says a lot about his life in that, you know, the Lord says, as it says in our first reading, if, um, it says in Ecclesiastes... It says, there's an appointed time for every affair under the heavens. So if you think about that, a time to born, a time to die. How old was he? 89. 89. And what was his birthday? His birthday was July 27th. Okay, July 27th, 1989. So July 27th, 1989. Think about this. Like God willed from all eternity that on July 27th, 1926, that he be born into this world. Now, this is the time of the, the Depression, right? So there's already, you could see, you know, if you step back and look at that, some formation that's probably happening in his own heart growing up as a child, you know, not having the things maybe we have available. Um, so you had to rely more on just the things of the world. You know, he had to rely on family. He had to rely on friends. He had to rely on just life together with people in the midst of the Depression as it was happening. And he was also in the World War II, the last group to ride the horses, right? The Calvary. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, he's been around a while. He's seen a lot. So there's a time for this, a time for that, as it says in our reading, a time for every affair under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, uproot the plants, kill, heal, tear down, build, weep, laugh, mourn, dance. You know, and think about this whole idea of time. We can't stop moving through time. We can, I, I can stop still right here in, in space, but time, I'm moving on the timeline as I'm speaking right now. And in those, as we move through time, things are happening to us and we're creating things to happen within time. So as he was born and he lived on this earth 89 years, you know, as he lived here, he brought the presence of the Lord in different and various ways to people throughout his life. You know, to you all, to his grandchildren, um, to, his, to his daughter and his sons, um, to his wife Elaine, um, to all of us here in different ways. Even if we've never met him, 
let's say someone listens that never ever met him. Well, God still works in such a mysterious way in the whole mystical body. Because one act of love is like a ripple in a pond. It goes out and out and out and out and out. And it affects. So you guys met him and someone else might have never met him. But his love for you all has affected you. And this is what love's meant to do is affect us. So love happens in time. God became man. He pierced and penetrated into time. God entered into time and space in his son Jesus. And why did he do that? Because he wanted to make love visible. Because God is inaudible, untouchable, invisible. But he wanted to become audible, visible, and touchable. So he had to take on a human nature. And so Ken in his life, in each of us, created in God's image and likeness in time and space for those 89 years, God in different and various ways through Ken's life, through his memories, through his stories, through his, uh, his, his conversations. Um, as you said, he, he kind of wasn't chaotic and fast-paced. He was more slowed you down when you went to his house, huh? So that whole thing of slowing people down to recognize the greater value in talking and being with people. He seemed like a very, he worked for Shell, what, 30 years? He seemed like a very, again, just smooth, congenial personality that could, you know, talk to basically probably anyone, right? And people, again, must have obviously felt drawn or welcomed by him. So Christ was revealing something about himself through Ken. And this is the whole point of our baptism. And this is why when someone we love dies, we can, we can grieve, we can miss them. Because we miss what God was revealing to us through them. Think of each person as God kissing us. Well, when that person's gone, you know, there's probably days where we're like, we miss Ken. We miss his personality. We miss his friendship. We miss grandpa. We miss um, dad. We miss him. And why is that? Because love has become visible. And now that visible representation Ken was of God's love in the world, he's, he's been called home. He's been called out of this world into the next. Okay, so listen to this. This is in our first reading. He has made everything appropriate to its time. So think about this. Why? I always ask the question, why did God choose uh, 19... 26. 26? Why did God choose 1926? Because I think, I believe, God doesn't make mistakes, first of all. God knew that he would give Ken and Elaine a, a, one girl and, and four, four boys. <laughs> and that without them, that one girl and four boys wouldn't be here and, and we wouldn't be here today. Okay? Now think of the mystery of that, the rippling effect. Now, God brought Ken in 1926. Why? Because he was thinking of us. And he knew that we would learn something from him. Even if it was through someone that met him, someone that met him, someone that met him, someone that met him, someone that met us, someone that met them, whatever. But we get down the line and we start encountering that person. Now, sometimes we take this for granted, but there's a rippling effect in relationships throughout generations. And so good can be passed down, but also bad can be passed down. And this is why we have to take seriously what we say, what we think, what we do. Because 
our behaviors, our thoughts, and our actions affect people for the good or for the bad. And so, like you, you were talking about the going to Texas and golfing with your brothers and him, huh? And the fun memories there. Like sometimes we, again, we, 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 we in our world, like we value things that aren't necessarily the most important things. And things like going golfing with your dad um, or going playing with grandpa or whatever y'all did together. Um, this is ways that we experience a little taste and touch of heaven while on earth. So listen, he's made everything appropriate to its time. He's put the timeless into our hearts without us ever discover, without men ever discovering from beginning to end the work God has done. What it now is has always been, meaning what now is has always been. God always was, always is, always will be. What it is to be already is, meaning heaven is, God is, the presence of God is. God restores what would otherwise be displaced. So what's been displaced will one day be restored in us. Like our, our missing him or our wanting to be with Ken or wanting to hear him or hug him or hang out with him or whatever we'd like to do. One day in Christ because of the victory Jesus won on that cross up there and how he entered into death and destroyed it for our sake. Now, it's important to understand that's why Jesus says in our, um, our gospel today what? Do not let your hearts be troubled, right? He says, listen, do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in me. If, he says, in my father's house, there's many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? So he went to prepare a place for us, for Ken. God prepared a place for each and every person on the face of the earth. Now, he says, you know where I'm going. And then Thomas says, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't know how to get there. How do we know where you're going? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So how do we get to be with Ken? How do we get to be with others that we love forever and eternity? We live Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How do we live Jesus? We forgive each other when we hurt each other. We don't hold grudges. We give each other a second chance. We forgive seven times, 77 times. We forgive all the time. You know, we give words of encouragement, not words of tearing down. We build up the body of Christ by our thoughts and our words and our actions. We serve each other as Christ serves us. And as, as we're going to sing at communion, right? Make me a channel of your peace. And as I read what, you know, Susan, you wrote there about your dad is the sense I was getting was bottom line is God used him as a channel of peace to many people. Um, the prayer of St. Francis and so let us not have our hearts troubled. Now, now, in our second reading, just briefly, you listen. It says here, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I love this line. It says, Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. Listen, he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death or mourning or welling or pain. The old order has passed away. Behold, I make all things new. So if you can reach deep into your heart, when someone you love dies, reach deep into your heart, that grieving, that loss, sometimes even there's some anger and frustration. Well, I'd like you to think about this. God isn't happy with death. God hates death. He didn't invent it. Death is a result of our choice, Adam and Eve's disobedience to God. You turn away from life himself, the only result could be death. So death is like a disease that we've picked up. We've contracted that original sin and we all suffer it. 
But God remedied it, remedied it through sending his son to again kind of inject us at baptism with the serum or antidote to eternal death, which is grace, life forever. And that grace fills us and makes us new creations in Christ. And we give Christ to one another by the power of that grace in us. It's kind of like a car without gasoline. You might as well just, it's, it's, it's nothing, right? It's not going to be useful. But when you fill it with that fuel and start it, you can go somewhere. When, God, when we let God fill us with his grace, we can go somewhere in serving and loving one another. It's not because we're going to get anything out of it. Like I think about your dad, you know, visiting his, his sick buddies or whatever at the hospital. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get a lot out of this. I'm going to do this because I get a lot out of it. Or I'm going to be a dad because I'm going to get something out of it. There's a point in our life where we do things just because, period. There's no other reasons, no conditions. So he wipes away our tears from our eyes, meaning what? Who here would want to be with Ken again or with Grandpa or with Dad again? Isn't that a, a fundamental, deep, innate desire in our hearts to not have to be separated from one another from this evil of death? And I guess the question is, is if you want to be with Ken again or Grandpa or Dad, if you want to be with him, we have to ask, has anyone here or anyone listening, has any one of us ever rose from the dead? Do you know anyone that's, name one person that has entered into death, destroyed it, and came back to life. I mean, I don't see anyone here that's probably done that, right? I don't know anyone in history. The only one I know that's done that is Jesus Christ. So there's only one way, one truth, and one life. It's the way, it's the, way the life and truth of Jesus Christ. So we want to be with Ken, there's one bridge, and we can't burn it. If we burn that bridge, we burn our way to answer that deep desire in our hearts, which is what? We want to be with family forever. Like who here would, you know, say like, you know, we love, if you love one another, you want to be with one another. God didn't create us to love one another, become a great family, and to say, ha, I'm going to watch now, I'm going to rip them apart through death, and I'm going to let them suffer for eternity. God's not that way. He wants you to bond with your family, with dad, with grandpa, with, you know, with uh, mom, with, with friends. But he wants that to last for eternity. So the only way that's going to last for eternity is if what? Is if you and I accept the bridge, Jesus, which is, you know, take up your cross and follow me. You've got to learn to serve, love, and forgive. That will be a cross in our lives at times. Not to complain and whine when we don't get our way, but to say, Lord, thank you for being with me in the midst of my challenges. Um, as he witnessed himself in his own illnesses, how to just simply let God be a part of that situation or experience. So, as we continue Mass, the important thing here is that we can all reach deep inside and find what do you really want right now? What do you really desire deep, deep inside? Sometimes we're just not aware of it because we don't take the time to listen to the deep part of our hearts. The world's telling us this. Everyone's given different commercials of what we should or shouldn't do or what we want, what we really want. Let everyone else telling us what we want. But what we really want, like what do I want? I want to be, I want to live forever. And we're getting closer to Easter now, which is really the celebration of living forever. And how do we do that? I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says. 
I am the I am the resurrection and the life. He who comes to me, you know, will not just die, but you'll live forever. So let's come to Christ. Like let's let Ken who Ken sees things way, way different than he did when he was on earth. Like believe me, when you die, you will not think the same. You'll not be like, oh I'm worried about, you know, what are they gonna do with me? Or what are they gonna you know, do with my house or what are they going to do with my, my stuff that I had you could care less <laughs> because it's like, it's like money right now on earth like when we die money is no more useful than toilet paper I mean money has no value in heaven the things of earth have no value in heaven the only thing that lasts is what we do with our souls so you never see a U-hole behind a hearse because you can't take anything with you but the only thing you and I take with us at the moment of death is the choices we made with our soul to love or not. And so that's what we got to think. How do we honor Ken and continue to honor him in our family and in our life? We pay attention to what we're, we're careful about, how we love or, or not love. We want to really live this life to the full. Because this is what he's doing right now. He's praying for us that we will let Jesus be our Lord and Savior He's praying for us that we'll take note of what's most important, which is not the things of the world, but the choices we make to love or not. And that we'll repent when we sin, that we'll come to Christ, the only way, the truth, and the life. You know, think about it. Do you ever see, um, do you see, do you see buildings after buildings and hospitals after hospitals and orphanages after orphanages and care centers after care centers and universities and schools after universities and schools being built in the name of Buddha? No. Do you see universities and schools and hospitals and orphanages being built in the name of Aristotle? No. There might be a few here and there. Do you see buildings and universities and schools and on and on being built daily as we speak in the name of Jesus? Yes. I mean, you go around the world and look at how many churches are being built at this moment. Universities, hospitals, schools, orphanages. No other human being has done that. And, and all these other people lived way longer than Jesus, who only lived 33 years. Three of which were public. The rest were not public. Think about it. In three years, he's managed to impact Christian humanity, Christian or not, more than anyone has ever or ever will. For three years, talk about, you know, if you're looking for someone to promote your business, Christ would be the man. I mean, what I'm saying is he did something that affected us. 2000, like think about it. If I spent three years of my 33 years, let's say I live 33 years. If I spent three of those years out in public advertising and telling people I'm the son of God, do you think in 2000 years from now, they'd be building all these churches and buildings in the name of Michael Voidhofer? I highly doubt it. <laughs> so there's something more to this man, Jesus, than just a normal man. He has a lot more going on. He's the son of God. And so the way we honor Ken is by honoring Jesus. And that's how God wants to heal and bring us together. So just to close, one, one final acronym, family. Forget about me, I love you, right? F-A-M-I-L-Y. Forget about me, I love you. When we forget about ourselves and love each other, we create family. And if you think of Ken's life, he's very, in many ways, yeah, he wasn't perfect. We don't want to canonize him here, right? We're all sinners. We are all sinners. And we need to, that's why we're here to, we're praying for his repose of his soul. So if he is in purgatory, we're going to pray the mass for him. 
Um, we all need prayer because we're all sinners. But in most ways, as, as Susan was sharing with me, he was a very selfless person. Thought about others. He was a great dad, which is an amazing gift. And so we can learn a lot from him and honor God by honoring the Lord himself. So forget about me. I love you. That's his prayer for us. That we won't think so much about ourselves, but we'll think about others. And we'll build up the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Ken, we love you. We thank you. Please pray for us as we pray for your repose and rest with your dear Elaine, your wife. um, That we may one day be greeted by you at the gates of heaven. Amen.